We're watching films on the toilet Cause that's what dads have to do When the movie's unsuitable for your kids Then pretend you need a number two If you need a break from your family or spouse There's a lavatorial picture house Watch Terminator 2 while you're sitting on the loo Enjoy the whole of Rambo 4 with your trousers on the floor We're watching films on the toilet How about you? I've worked in Debenham's homeware department for a yeah. while. Mm. I remember there was this one time I was doing a stock tape yeah. and there's a very, very highly strung guy who worked on the floor. So yeah. during the stock tape, there's literally one instance where like he, he it was like he almost told me how to count. He was like, So you start right. at the front and then you work way back. And I was like, Well now how to count. <laughs> and then so he looked at me and, and then he threatened to kill me. <laughs> <laughs> I made him so angry that he threatened to kill me. I think he said, I'll break your neck or something like that. Because you told him you knew how to count. Yeah, I told him I knew how to count, yeah. <laughs> I should, obviously, I should have like gone straight to my manager and said, that guy just threatened to kill me. Can you please yeah. fire him? But at the time, I was just like, oh, I guess this kind of thing happens all the time. I'll just let it go. Wow. You know what? What? We should get him on the podcast. <laughs> I wonder if he's one of the listeners. I think he might be. I think he just might be. What's the mission, sir? We got a terrorist cell. They've taken hostages. We need to send in our best unisols. Get Luke and Scott on the truck ASAP. Uh, that might be a problem, sir. They haven't left the bathroom for over 24 hours now. What? Luke, Scott, we need you in the field. Damn it. This was always a potential side effect of bringing them back to life. Sir? It's called aggressive traumatic recall. They're reliving the harrowing moments before their deaths over and over again. But how did they die? A napalm strike on their toilet block in Nam. Luke was taking a dump when it struck. What about Scott? He was collecting them and threading them on a necklace. Open the door. Luke, on your feet, soldier. Scott's not here, sir. Where is he? Wow, that really is a beautiful dump. Mind if I put it on my necklace? Scott, no! Yeah! Yeah! We got another episode. Yeah, I can't do voices, so I'm not going to do one. You do your own voice all the time. I see any voice voice I can do, and even that is kind of annoying. I thought you're constantly doing impression of someone who's way cooler than you actually are, aren't you? That's you're tr- right. I mean, you're trying. You're constantly doing an impression of your cool brother. And um, you just, you never quite got there. If not, no. I think it's the way you look. It's my face is the issue, isn't it? Yep. It just destroys the whole facade. Mercifully, you guys can't see this, but obviously not. I had my hair cut for months and not shaved it my face so yeah. i'd looked like uh you know when like a tramp gets like a makeover and the first thing they do <laughs> is like wash their hair and beard that's the like starting point yeah that's how i had been looking i had a clean shave this morning so now i look now i look like an old lady tramp <laughs> instead <laughs> maybe like stage three you'll look like a normal person well you know i live in hope yeah good luck well anyway i'm ben i'm Eamon. Eamon. Eamon! Eamon! Hey, I'm Eamon! Motocross! Yeah, I often 
say my name several times and then say motocross afterwards. You do. I'm surprised you didn't say it then. I said it for you. I'll often say it so quietly they, they can't hear. To the point it's become like a vocal tick. <laughs> like, I frequently whisper motocross under my breath. And if anyone... Yeah. Like, if anyone catches it and gives me a funny look, I just pretend like I've not said anything. What? I didn't yeah. say motocross. Well, we'll see if that comes up later. You, mm. You've managed to keep it in all this time. I've just because I edit it out. I've got 20-odd <laughs> minutes. Every edit is just me saying motocross. Do you think we've got enough for a, a YouTube video? Ten hours of Eamon saying motocross. <laughs> <laughs> if you're bored with that ten hours of saxophone guy, ten hours of me saying motocross... If we ever set up a Patreon, that'll be one of the things you get. <laughs> if you sign up, you get the ten hours of me saying motocross. That's the like that's the bronze level. What's the gold? You get to go to the motocross with you. Yeah, I take you to a motocross. <laughs> I don't yeah. look at the sport. I just watch you, and then I just say motocross over and over again. Yeah, and uh, and a happy finish. Oh yeah, yeah. I do that at the end. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. Um, welcome to watching films on the toilet. So this is the podcast uh, where two middle-aged men with young mm-hmm. children and yep. wives and all the rest of it can't watch the films they want to watch because they're too violent or inappropriate for their children yep. and their wives don't like them. I just want to say we're not suggesting that all wives wouldn't like violent films. I know lots of people that love violent films yeah. and horror movies, uh, but um, our wives aren't so keen on the action my wife likes musicals and dramas we will often watch like a thriller together michael clayton would be a perfect example of that we both really Mm. liked it but she wouldn't have any interest in watching today's film which is universal soldier yeah that's right same my wife really enjoys horror movies but yeah no interest in anything starring john claude van damme and dolph lundgren or hates can't stand films Made in 1992. Bad year for her? Terrible year for her. She was uh, 10 years old. Mm-hmm. And um, she found out that the tooth fairy wasn't real. Good safe. So she never wants to relive that experience again. Yeah, well, I don't blame her. And she was told growing up that the tooth fairy looked just like Jean-Claude Van Damme. So 1992... Jean-Claude Van Damme, forget it, mate. Hmm. That was the year also where she visited that soothsayer who told her she would end up marrying a uh, frightful, soothsayer's words, not mine, (laughs) frightful-looking man with a long scar and a stupid face. That's right. She said that last bit as well. Uh, Who looked a lot like one of the actors from 1992's a few good men and it wasn't jack nicholson or tom cruise no unfortunately for her it was hollywood uglies (laughs) kevin bacon again i i'm happy to be compared to him you did hear me say the word ugly no i didn't all i heard you say was motocross (laughs) we have a a message from a chap who we mentioned last week. So you were talking about a YouTube video, which uh, often pops up on Reddit, of a man punching a kangaroo in the face. Yeah. And we wondered what that fella is up to now. His name is Greg Tonkins. And um, <laughs> and we were hoping that he would get in touch with the show. And yeah. 
bizarrely enough, uh, he is one of our 15 listeners and he, he sent us a message. Amazing. I know, right? I literally couldn't believe it when mm. I heard it, but I'm going to play it to you now. So, yeah, Greg Tonkins, uh, this, is, this is what he had to say. All right, fellas, uh, it's me, Greg Tonkins. I heard some fellas from a radio show about watching TV on the Dunny were trying to get hold of me. I was like, fair dinkum, like, sounds like my kind of show, mate. So anyway, that whole kangaroo story, like, people totally got the wrong idea about that, mate. I don't even own a dog, but a couple of months before that happened, like, a couple of Great Danes went missing from around my mum's street, and about the same time, people spotted this fella dressed up like a kangaroo, like, weird as, right? So you put two and two together and think this fella, he must be dressing up like a kangaroo and stealing dogs. So anyway, I decided to do like a stakeout outside me mum's, like catch this fella in the act, right? So he comes out and drives out towards town in his ute, but I lose track of him like a couple of miles out. But then I see his car parked at the side of the road, like, and then I see him, right, holding a dog. And I'm thinking, Struth, I've got to save that dog. Right, so I jabbed him in the face, right? At least I thought it was him, but then the fella comes out of the bush, like, zipping up his pants, right? So, turns out, I just punched a kangaroo in the face for no reason. Like, I guess I saved the dog. And then it turned out this fella wasn't even stealing dogs. That was someone else. This fella's been showing my mum a good time, right? While my dad's at work, then dressing up like a kangaroo so no one recognises him. So I caught up with him later on and I bashed him about a bit and I gave my mum a good talking to as well and then I told him to rack off and that was it. So that was Greg Tonkins. That is quite a story. I know, right? Can you believe that that happened? (laughs) It wasn't even his dog. Well, he was just out for justice and ended up saving a dog. Good on him. What I liked about him is he wasn't afraid of (laughs) stereotypes and he embraced... (laughs) what most people would think is quite cliched <laughs> Australian lingo. Yeah. He really kind of leaned into that. <laughs> he did, didn't he? He didn't really he? did. Didn't Greg? Yeah. yeah. Well done um, to Greg. Yeah. You know, it's surprising that an Australian man would would embrace that. But yeah. But he was. He was yeah. an Australian man. He definitely um, was. Yeah, he definitely was. <laughs> and Greg... Please stay in touch. We'd love to hear from you if you punch any other animals in the face. Yeah, I mean, I think accidentally. He didn't mean to do it the first time. but Oh, yeah. Greg, yeah. it's not a green light for you to go off just willy-nilly punching animals in the face. But if you accidentally happen to punch a koala or a platypus, <laughs> then get in touch. We'd love yeah. to hear from you. And um, feel free to, to embellish your story with as many typically Australian <laughs> words as you can think of. He, I bet he would. Oh, I bet, I bet he's got that. a load of them. Hey, hey, hey. Have we got some toilet news? Hey, hey, hey. Is there some news about the toilet? Oh, I like that little jingle. You know what? What? I made it up on the spot. Amazing. Yeah. You know what? Mm. If Big Turkey Neck yeah. ever reclaims his book, yeah. we should get him to write some jingles for us. I'd love that. Maybe next week we'll read another poem from his book. Yeah. Okay, yeah. excellent. Find out what happened to Keith Davis. Oh, Keith Davis. Oh, Keith, Keith Davis. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so yeah, it is indeed time for the toilet news. Okay, this is um, a little bit of history. Oh, educate me, Eamon. I will do. Normally you just talk about motocross, so this will be... Uh... <laughs> 
This would be good. Elvis Presley constipated for four months as autopsy reveals grisly details of toilet death. Oh. So, yeah, Elvis Presley was found dead at the foot of the toilet with his bottom in the air after months of agonising constipation and cheese oh. cheeseburger binges. I used to eat peanut butter. So he'd cover his peanut butter sandwiches in peanut butter and then fry them. Yeah, he, he did loads of crazy stuff. My favourite thing he did was something called a fool's gold loaf, which was a oh, whole yeah, yeah. loaf of bread that yeah. you cut in half, then hollow out, so it's just yeah. like a shell. And then you put in a jar of peanut butter, a jar of wow. jam, and like a pound of uh, streaky bacon, put it back on top, rub the outside with butter, and then bake it in the oven. That's amazing. And he would get through like two or three of those. I feel like one of those would kill you. I've noticed now with my children, especially my son, if you tell them tell them like a fact or like a little snippet of a story that they like, they'll beg you to tell it over and over again. Even though they know it, they know what you're going to say, they love hearing it over and over again. Yeah. And I remember being like that with my dad, because he, he told me that he knew a guy who would, every time he needed to go to a poo, would make a round of jam sandwiches and a cup of tea and take it with him to the toilet. Oh, oh, that's weird. And eat some jam sandwiches and drink his tea on the, on the bog. Do you don't take your dinner to the toilet? No. Bowl of soup? If I was forced to eat something, I think I'd probably eat something like a frube, which is mm. uh, yoghurt in a tube. Because what you yes. do is you rip the top off, pop the tube in your mouth, and then kind of squeeze yeah. it into your into your <laughs> mouth, so there's no way like any little germs land on the yogurt. Yeah, but you you always do that thing where you squeeze it all in, then <laughs> blow it all out, don't you? That's right. I blow it into my hands, and then I lick, <laughs> lick my hands clean. So that would that would be yeah, it's a good point. That would completely <laughs> cancel out any attempt at avoiding germs, wouldn't it? Yeah, I can't do that one. You're right. I mean, I, I'm, I would love to eat a fool's gold loaf. Well, if you make a fool's gold loaf, mm -hmm. obviously it needs to go on social media oh, and yeah. I want to see okay. it. I still need to do my um, student sandwich. Why don't you stuff a fool's, fool's gold loaf full of tuna, beans, mm. barbecue sauce and um, oh. what was the other thing? Cheese. Oh, God. And then, yeah, that sounds disgusting. Mm. In fact, you know, that's what I would eat on the, on the toilet is one of those. To be honest, it wouldn't be much different to uh, what was coming out the other end. So, <laughs> Save myself a bother, just throw it straight down the toilet. <laughs> just, just toss it in the bog. And that marks the end of the toilet news. Yeah, little little sax there to, uh, Beautiful. to wrap things up. Yeah. How do you feel about saxophone? I started playing the saxophone when I started school and then uh, ditched it ASAP. You started learning the first lesson of a Casanova. And then you dumped it, and then it was all downhill from there, wasn't it? What's the name of that guy from Lost Boys? Tim Capello. Yeah, you could have been the next Tim Capello. The legendary oiled saxophonist from Lost Boys. Imagine you, oiled. Oiled, like completely ripped, playing a saxophone. That would be amazing. It paints such <laughs> a confusing picture. You know, if you want to make yourself a golden loaf oil yourself up mm. and play a saxophone while you're eating it. I'd watch that. I don't know, how can I eat a golden loaf and play the saxophone? Don't... Oh, you can chew and blow blow things out at the same time, so it could actually work. Yeah, that is actually the first thing you learn when you're playing the saxophone, which is yeah. always, always have a sandwich <laughs> on the go, or like at the very least, like a bowl of pretzels or something. <laughs> Just to blow out. Yeah, that's what makes the noise. 
Yeah. You can't see it, but it's like fine bits of food flying out the bottom bit. That's yeah. that's the noisemaker. Yeah, like a wood chipper. Yeah. Like every saxophone has all that food flying out the bottom. But you just don't tend to notice it. So fine. If you're in an orchestra, like no one wants to be next to the saxophonist because they get no. covered in a fine mist of food. <laughs> like, what the f- <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Do you know what? Like recently, my mum sent us all some macarons. You know the little oh yeah yeah sweet yeah. things, and yeah. uh, they everyone really liked. My kids really liked them, and yeah. we we looked up the cake. The shop that makes them is near to us, and they do mm. a macaron cake, which is like three wow. massive macarons stacked on one another. That sounds like something Elvis would eat. So I ordered one because yeah. I thought because it would be nice. sweet for my wife and the yeah. kids would really like it as well. So yeah. we, we had it today and mm-hmm. I imagine this is what taking drugs feels like because right. I feel like I'm tripping balls on the sugar and I had it with a really strong coffee as well and it was quite late. So yeah. up until up until the recording of this podcast, I was like f-ing flying and now I feel like I'm just like crashing really badly and I can't think. No, you can't. You're not allowed. I'm not trying to get out of it. I'm just saying that's why that's why I was talking about saxophone sound being made by a fine mist of of the dinner they've eaten. You don't need to justify the weird things you say on this no. podcast. That is probably the weirdest thing I've said, isn't it, so far? Last week you talked about rubbing your face on a dog so that it would give you a beard. So no, <laughs> I don't think it is the weirdest thing you've talked about. Yeah. Good. Yeah, true. It's very, yeah. yeah, that's what I'm wondering. Is it too weird? It's fine. There's no such thing as too weird. Well, I mean, there is. I mean, there, I mean, there categorically is, isn't there? <laughs> because those people that we know, we go, ooh, they're weird. This week's film is a universal soldier. Starring Jean-Claude Van Damme and Dolph Lundgren. So how, how many sittings did this one take you, Ben? Uh, this took me five sittings. Mm-hmm. Uh, I got through it fairly quickly. What about yourself? Yeah, six. So, Eamon, what have you guzzled down for me this week? Last week you drank uh, 100 plus and really went on about the sponsorship. This week I drank even more 100 plus. <laughs> oh, good. Yes. Yeah. Delicious Southeast Asian drink. Have they been in touch with you? Because they haven't been in touch with me. No. Nope. So you're just going to keep keep gonna trying? Keep on talking about it until until they give us a sweet sponsorship deal. Does it work in winter? You said it was more of a summer drink. Yes, yeah, disgusting during winter. Yeah, 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 I thought it might be. Good. So how long has that given me, Eamon? Not a huge amount of time. It's You've got a minute and three seconds. That's definitely not long enough, but I'll give it a go. Okay. I have to go really quick. Okay, you ready? Yep. All right. Three, two, one, go. The film opens in 1969, during the Vietnam War. Van Damme is a good soldier who finds out that some members of his squad have been killed and then had their ears removed by Dolph Lundgren, a bad soldier, who's gone full Colonel Kurtz. Dolph orders Van Damme to murder some hostages, but instead they get in a fight and kill each other in slow motion. And that's all we learn about those characters, who we meet again just over 20 years later. They've been brought back to life, along with some other soldiers, as part of a secret counter-terrorism unit. Their memories have been erased and they're really strong and good at shooting, but they need a really cold bath to recharge and heal themselves. That's very important. Whilst on a mission, Van Damme has a Vietnam flashback and stops responding to his orders. Then a journalist sneaks onto a military base and takes some pictures of the dead soldiers that are lying around outside. Dolph and the gang go after her, he shoots her friend, and Van Damme, because he's really good, decides to run away and save the journalist. 
So a very long pursuit ensues in which Van Damme takes his clothes off a lot and remembers how to eat. And Dolph, who's been sent after him, remembers he's a complete psycho and thinks he's still in now. Somewhere amongst all this, Van Damme has a flashback to his childhood, so there's a place for him to fight Dolph at the end of the movie. And they do have a big fight, with strength-boosting potions and lots of kicks, which ends with Van Damme skewering Dolph on the spikes of a combine harvester before he switches it on and mashes him up. Finally, he gives the journalists a really awkward, loose hug, and the end. <laughs> Very good. Uh, so, yeah, an overrun there. Uh, so that was 1 minute 20. Yeah, that's quite a long overrun. Oh, well. So, Ben, what do you think about old Universal Soldier? I'll be honest, I went into it with fairly low expectations. Yeah. I guess they were met. Um, so this is uh, a Roland Emmerich film. Yes. Um, yeah, sorry, I just punched a glass while I said that. I think off the back of this, he got to direct Independence Day, which mm. is a much bigger budget uh, yeah. action movie written by Dean Devlin. Yeah, so you've got Dolph Lundgren, you've got Van Damme, you've got these two really great martial arts actors uh, mm. van damme was a black belt kickboxer and dolph was a black belt in karate mm. but they don't really do a lot of fighting that sort of comes well they have a, a little fight at the end don't they i think one of the big problems let's get straight into it with the film is that you really don't know anything about the characters van damme's good mm-hmm. and dolph lundgren is bad like psychotic yeah and that's all we know about them before the film starts you say some stuff. Uh, what do you think? What did you think? So I, I was actually mildly, pleasantly surprised yeah. in a lot of ways. It looks good. Like a, a lot of a lot of action films age very poorly. You know, you can say whatever you want about Roland Emmerich, but as a visualist, I think he's he's good. He he makes yeah. those like in terms of like the how the fight scenes were choreographed, and there's a very dynamic bus chase in it. Yeah, that was great. At the great. top of a mountain. I thought that looked incredible. There's one that long tracking did, that shot. That looked great. Which looked, that looked amazing. Really so, good. And, yeah. and I think that has aged well. There was a brilliant explosion. Amazing of a explosion. Petrol station. Yes. It's a fantastic really, explosion. Really, really, really good. And then I think conceptually it's really interesting. And it's weird because it made me think of a, t- a ton of other films which are like this. Yeah. So at the time it got a lot of stick for being like a. a a clone of Terminator. Yeah. Um, also Robocop. It's similar, yes. similar to that. Um, yeah. But subsequent things like um, the Bourne identity. Yes. It's like that. And are they not like super strong soldiers who get all hot in Iron Man 3? Yeah, they get like really hot and explode. There's lots of different films like that that take that sort of resurrection and amnesia story. So, again, the films you've talked about, you think about something like Robocop. It may also made me think of um, The Winter Soldier in Captain America and Bourne. Robocop and The Winter Soldier, Bucky, they both have backstories, which mm-hmm. we, can, we can see the difference between how they were and how they are. Yeah. And they also, because they're both Peter Weller and Sebastian Stan, really good actors, and you just see the, the sadness and mm. the pain in their eyes, even though they're doing sort of a robotic seemingly emotionless performance you feel a lot mm-hmm. whereas van damme there's nothing he's asleep yeah it's just like he's sleepy his his emotions as a sort of cyborg type man he's got upset sleepy and then just dumb <laughs> i don't know what the discussions were about his character <laughs> like uh you know what what 
what am I playing? What is he like? Well, well, he's good. He was, he was a good soldier and he's good. <laughs> so it's like he's watched the Terminator and mm. thought, well, Arnie's not doing much. I'll just do that. I'll just whisper. He's more like Edward Scissorhands than the Terminator. <laughs> he does this weird, like, oh, so I'm confused. I don't, I don't eat. I, I don't, oh, I'm, I'm looking for my parents. It's very strange. Do you know who, who, that, who, who he reminded me of was um, Starman? Yes. That's what I found very peculiar is like he remembers how to drive a car, but yeah. he doesn't remember whether or not he's supposed to have a penis. <laughs> it's so strange. And like he, that perplexed look he has when he's eating the food. Surely you remember what food is. Yeah, he doesn't know how to eat. I mean, that scene in the cafe is so weird because I mean, it really does make you think about Terminator and how brilliant that was and how Terminator 2 is very much reliant on all the things you've seen in the first film. Mm. You know that the Terminator is evil and lots of things he does in the first film are really brutal. So when we come to the second one, that opening scene where he beats up all those guys in the the bikers, Mm. he's actually kind of taking it easy on them. Yeah. And they're quite sadistic, you know, they burn the cigar on his chest. Yeah. But it's it's really thrilling. Mm-mm. Whereas in this, Van Damme eats loads of food that they've prepared for him. <laughs> and then they ask him to pay for it. And yeah. he just beats the hell out of everybody <laughs> in there. That's not okay. That's It's not funny. It's just really mean. It definitely feels like totally the wrong thing to do. Like in life as well. Well, yeah, you probably shouldn't do it in life. I mean, you've done it loads, haven't you? You get a kick out of it. Rather than paying for your meal, you'll just beat the hell out of the waiter. I'd give him a sweet roundhouse. Yeah, that's why we don't go to Pizza Express together anymore. I try and do that thing where, uh, in fact, I think Dolph Lundgren does it, where there's three cowboy types standing next to one another, and he kicks each of them in turn (laughs) without his foot returning to the ground. I'll try and do that kind of thing, but I can only really lift my leg about two feet off the ground. Well, that's why you always, you, you get the waiters to come over, then you always ask for the manager and you spill a drink so that someone, like the, the bus boy, will come and clean it up. So you have three people in a row that you can then roundhouse out. Yeah. It's amazing to see you try it. I'll often ask them to, if they can stoop. Why do you want me to stoop? I'm about to give you a sweet roundhouse. What do you think? Yeah. <laughs> and that's after they've watched you eat your entire meal off your hands. <laughs> Uh, Ali Walker, who's the, the actress who plays Veronica Roberts, does quite a lot of heavy lifting on Van Damme's behalf. She has, uh, yeah, she has a lot of exposition to do, doesn't and she? And I actually think, I'm not saying she's like Sarah Connor, but at least, you know, if you watch a lot of these period action films, the female character is often just being pulled along and there's there yeah. to kind of scream, whereas she has quite a lot of agency. Yeah, she has to look up Van Damme's bum. She has to look right up his bum. <laughs> she does. And she drives the plot and she, she acts independently. And I enjoyed her performance. Yeah, she was fun. And I thought Dolph Lundgren, I think he was a pretty good villain. He was scary and he didn't know yeah. what he was going to do. I thought he stole the show. I thought he was really, really good fun. Completely mental, but yeah. that's exactly what you wanted. The whole thing about the ears. That's so crazy. It was. There needed to be something to explain that. It was nothing. That was it. And there's that amazing line when Van Damme's on the farm. So Van Damme comes out. His parents have been tied up and Ali Walker's been tied up. And Dolph sees him coming and goes, wow, you really have beautiful ears. (laughs) And it's such a weird line. It's great. I love it. There needed to be something more at the beginning. A lot more. We needed to know something a bit more about his backstory or that he's been traumatised in some way. I watched the beginning again, just to check that, to see whether there was any indication that they Mm. knew each other. Because it felt like they could have just 
you know, Van Damme could have just been investigating yeah. this village and taken out this crazy sergeant but is that one line at the end which is meant to explain how Dolph knew to go yeah. to the farmhouse and he says something like uh, you told me all about yeah. it in Vietnam and then right at the beginning he, he does, does call yeah. him farm boy and that's it that's all that's the only connection we have to the two that's it and it's quite hard to miss they need to be way more exploration of their relationship and and why Dolph had gone so crazy to begin with yeah this this idea that the most traumatic memory would stay with them. So that was why Dolph was stuck in this mad kind of loop. I thought that was a good mm -hmm. idea. But yeah, you know, the whole being cold. I got it. As soon as I saw them put in a bath of ice, like, okay, yeah. fine, they've got to be cold. Mm -hmm. We don't need to talk about it over and over again. <laughs> tell me a bit more about Van Damme's character. I, oh yeah. no, he grew up on a farm. That's all, you, that's all you're going to tell me. As I was saying, you know, for, for such physically gifted actors... I felt that the physical stuff they did was a bit of a letdown. You know, there's that fight at the end, but you see one really good kick from Van Damme. And the rest, this man can kick. All they show is like a rubber foot hitting Lundgren in the face. <laughs> That's all they do. It's, it's rubber foot, rubber foot, rubber foot, close up, close up. I don't want to see close ups. I want to see the fight. And these guys can do a fight. This last fight, Van Damme gets beaten up for ages and then he quite easily yeah. spikes Dolph Lundgren on a harvester. And that's it. You must have heard about this. When the film, I think it premiered at Cannes, Van Damme and Lundgren orchestrated a publicity stunt where on mm. the red carpet, they'd get into an argument and push each other. But apparently, I heard Dolph Lundgren talking about it. He claims mm. that it got out of hand because he pushed Van Damme so hard that he mm. flew into the security and then everyone kind of swarmed in and broke it up. As publicity stunts go, it was a bit of an odd one. Like, let's, let's get the two actors to get in an actual fight and show how much they hate each other before we go and watch them in the movie. Can you think of a better publicity stunt? Something else they could have done to raise the profile of the movie? Spent some time in writer's room. <laughs> get the plot in order. So ben, I'm genuinely interested to hear whether you'll flush or fish this because I kind of feel like it's a mixed bag. Man, it really is. And I, I'm struggling to make up my mind. Yeah, it was, it was enjoyable. It wasn't good. I think all things considered, I would have to flush it. Well, I, I feel as conflicted as you. There was something, I did take pleasure in watching it. Sometimes when you watch a film, it makes you angry yeah. at how bad it is and how silly some of the decisions are. End of days. Yeah, exactly. I would just, I think, fish this one out. Oh, ho, ho. All right, cool. Okay. Well, now it's time for us to choose our top five. This week, we are choosing top five amnesia movies. So yeah. films that involve memory loss. Um, mm -hmm. Eamon, we have three guesses each, and whoever gets the most of the other person's top five wins and gets to choose mm. next week's film. The loser yeah. has to sleep on their toilet floor for so the that night. That was you uh, last week, Ben. How did you find that? It was me last week. Um, I have a pain in my mm -hmm. chest. Uh, I've had it ever since, and yeah. I really don't want to do it again. Okay, well, the last week's loser goes first, Ben, so uh, it's all yours. Oh, mate. All right. This is a duplicate. I feel like it's hopefully a pretty surefire bet. I know what you're going to say. Um, I'm wondering if you do. Okay. Memento. Yes. Okay. Yes, absolutely okay. top of my list. Yes. Absolutely top of my list. And um, yeah. arguably, I'd say still one of Nolan's best films. I oh, absolutely. Amazing. Yeah, I'd say his most complete film. Right. 
what's what's old Ben? What's he picked? Eh? What's he chosen? I'm afraid I'm going to have to go for a duplicate as well. Okay. Uh, I'm going to say Mulholland Drive. Yes. Well done. Uh, it's a it's a brilliant film. I love it, and I'd really like to watch it again. I did yeah. did a film degree, and I wrote an essay about three David Lynch films. So I had mm. to watch them over and over again for for a few weeks. I honestly thought I was losing my mind. Didn't but it? you watched that bit where she bones another bird over and over again, didn't you? <laughs> for the sake of my critique. Yeah, I watched it every day. Okay, well, playing field is level. It's your choice. The Born Identity. Yes. Yes. I, and I, originally, I was thinking about the supremacy, but I remembered the car chase at the end and how much I hate it. Like, it's, the I think, maybe the worst example of shaky cam that I can think of. I watched the thing about one of the stuntmen from, I think it was the, maybe the third one? But he was mm-hmm. saying, they shot all the fights. They do as they traditionally do in Hollywood. So they do kind mm-hmm. of the wide and the closer. And so you have all this brilliant choreography in a mm-hmm. shot. It looks great. But then in post, they would zoom in, shake it, flip it round, go nuts with it. And apparently, Quite. Paul Greengrass, he, he said, it's like Jaws, the less you see, the bigger impact it has. Which I feel like in a fight sequence is, is really not the case. That's- Absolutely not true. And I, I find it amazing that a director of his caliber would say something like that. I mean, yes. Because he's a brilliant director. Like United 93, I think, is one of the best one of the best films of the last sort of 20 years. Paul Greengrass, I'm calling you out, mate. Sort it out. Yeah. Do you want to... Has he killed anyone or... No, but I tell, I tell you one thing which I don't appreciate. And I have the same issue with Matt Groening. Yes. The, the guy who invented The Simpsons. If you've got grey hair, yeah. don't grow it long. Mm, you no. look like an idiot. Yeah. Yeah, well, you you had your grey hair cut just before this, didn't you? So you can say that now. I can say that. And and also, my my hair doesn't grow long and straight and fall down. Mm. My hair is like a bird's nest. So what I would say is, you often see it when it's like older men in the creative industries, they will think it's acceptable to grow their grey hair long and wear a pair of glasses. And I'm here to tell you that it's not. Do you not think Richard Branson looks good? I think he kind of gets away with it, at least because he has kind of still sandy coloured hair. It's not grey. Yeah. As soon as you lose the pigmentation in your hair, cut that shit short. (laughs) Cut it short. It's just a really pretentious... Whenever I used to go for like a stroll with with my my wife when we lived in London, like on the South Bank or whatever... You'd see a ton of them. This is their long grey hair and their fucking glasses. Who do, who do you think you are? And do you know the other thing they do as well? You know the other thing that they wear? They wear gilets. They do. For fuck's sake. They do. They do wear gilets. No one should wear a gilet. Yeah. In a pinch, I would say, a female horse rider who's on an actual horse. Yeah. No one else. i tell you what, Ben. And this is going to sound controversial, but it's not. I guarantee you, any old man with long grey hair, yeah. glasses in a gilet, 100%, he's got a mistress. <laughs> and do you know what else? She's French. Are you looking for sponsorship from French mistresses now? That's right. The French mistress lobby <laughs> is one of the strongest lobbies there is. So. It is strong. Yeah. 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 I mean, that or Morrison's, I'll take either. We'll take your dirty money. <laughs> yeah, we will, we will take your blood money. We are happy with it. Who's that petrochemical company that keeps on blowing up (laughs) Australian sacred monuments? We'll do business with those guys. Yeah, we'll do business with anyone. Oh, blimey. So that is uh, 2-1 to you, I think. We mentioned this earlier, but I think it's it's a reasonable shout. I can say Robocop. No, and that's a very good point. That didn't strike me as a memory loss film, but now you mention it, it is. 
but you know I didn't put it on my list. I saw some of RoboCop when I was about seven, uh, yeah. which I think is far too young to see any of RoboCop. Way too young. And my, I remember my parents rented it and they watched it at night. And then the next morning, my dad knew I loved the character of RoboCop. I'd seen the trailers. Mm. And he said, oh, uh, I'll, I'll show you a bit of the film. So, like, oh, wow. Okay, mm-hmm. let's see a bit of the film. And he put it on at the part where um, Emil... Mm. Uh, gets covered in toxic waste and melts (laughs) (laughs) and then gets hit by a car and explodes that was the part he showed me and all three it was like oh I don't I don't really remember this bit I shouldn't should I uh..." and then he stopped it after he'd been hit like Clarence help me <laughs> bang and he just smashes on the side oh, of the car God. so that was the part of Robocop that I saw for my money I think that's probably the worst bit isn't it it is it's the worst part and it obviously it's it stayed with me oh um, god that's amazing for years okay so well if you get this one then uh, you've won I can't gamble here so I'm gonna have to go for another duplicate vertigo no no oh, you I do like Hitchcock, but I've, I've not watched Vertigo. My, it's one of my dad's favourite films. Well, if your dad's listening, then he's going to be really cross with you. He, he won't listen to this podcast. <laughs> the only way I could get my dad to listen to this podcast is if it was about his dog, Kendra. <laughs> then, he, then he would definitely listen to it. I'm going to go for a duplicate. Shutter Island? No. Yes! Oh, yes, nuts. Yes, yes. What was it then? It was Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind. Yeah, that's a good film. It's a great film, yeah. So I had Memento, Born Identity, mm. Mulholland Drive, Vertigo, Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind. And I would say, of all the lists we've done, that is possibly the strongest. Very strong. Yeah, I agree. Mine was Memento, Born Identity, Mulholland Drive, Shutter Island. And I actually put in um, The Hangover. Well, so Ben, that means old Amo is sleeping in the toilet again. Yeah, boy. Enjoy yourself. Yeah. Have, a, have a good time. You should sleep in a bath of ice. See how it goes. Ooh. You might heal all those bullet wounds you've got in your chest. Yeah, well, I don't want to talk about my uh, former association with the Crips. I thought you got them at Morrison's. Because I saw a blood and I was like, listen here, this is Crip territory. I thought you weren't going to bring up your gangland past. Well, I just hate those bloody blood so much. Walking around in their red clothes. <laughs> Oh, you're such a gangbanger, Eamon, aren't you? Do you want to know what you're watching next week, mate? Yeah, oh yeah. All right. You're watching 2017, Vince Vaughn starring, directed by S. Craig Zahler, Brawl in Cell Block 99. Oh, okay, yeah. I'll watch that. I'm interested to see what you think. Again, I think it's safe to say I get through more films than you do, probably. Yeah. More recent films, anyway. Mm-hmm. So I've seen quite a lot of films that I am curious to see if Eamon likes. Mm-hmm. And this was a film that I very much enjoyed. And I want to see what you think of it. Well, yeah, I mean, it's it's worth saying that you and I are massive fans of the film Swingers, which we watched when we were, yes, we I think it was like 16 when it yeah. first came out. And it, I think it influenced us both a lot. And, and Vince Vaughan yeah. in that is so insanely charismatic. I'd be curious to see him play. He's like a place a heavy, doesn't he? Oh, he plays a goon. Yes. Yeah, goo. Mate, let's see what you think, but I think you might get a kick out of it. Okay. All right, y'all. Well, um, that's it. Hope you enjoyed our episode. 
please yeah. download and um, you've probably done that already rate like give us some stars uh five obviously subscribe mm -hmm. and follow us up all up in the social follow us on instagram that's the place to be yeah we don't really understand twitter i don't and... understand twitter I, can't, oh, it's, I don't like talking to people i don't know at the best of times so i don't want to do it digitally sorry yeah and you're still a little sore from the uh trump ejection aren't you so that's right yeah i would basically retweet everything he said and that, that <laughs> was primarily my activity on twitter yeah it was odd for our podcast account well it's just like who's the most popular person on twitter seems like this trump fellow is <laughs> I'll just say what he says Ah, oh, that's interesting. He's happy that they took over that place. I did I did change the name of our Twitter account to hang Mike Pence for a little bit, but uh, I got threatened by Twitter. Yeah, I'm glad you changed it back to at Films on Toilet. Cool. Yeah, yeah so that's it. Sweet, brilliant. Mm. Take care and motocross. Motocross it is. Motocross. Right. right, sign us out, Eamon. Okay, keep flushing. Woo! Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye.